You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This, this, this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati talking about a little look back. Mandatory minicamp is in the books for the Cincinnati Bengals. Pretty short and sweet, nothing too crazy. You know, Jonah Williams returned. Cheeto Wuzier is back out there doing incredible work and just proves once again that athletes are incredible human beings. Um, looks really encouraging for Cheeto in September. And I know nobody's putting out a date and official clearance for Cheeto, Jonah, you know, any of the guys working on the side, even Lyle Collins. Uh, but would you be surprised right now if Cheeto is ready for the first weekend of September or second week? Um, not that surprised. Maybe a little. Just it feels like the entire time people have been saying, like, don't be surprised if he misses time. So I've kind of built myself towards that. Mm-hmm. And uh, look, it, it's, you know, you aim low. And then when you finish high, you feel really good. But if you aimed high and you thought he'd be ready week one and then he's not ready, you're going to be disappointed. I'm not going to be disappointed if he's not ready week one. Because to me, it's more important he's ready in the playoffs in the push for maybe the number one seed than it is he's ready for week one against the Browns. Look, man, I, I don't care. <laughs> Throw somebody out there against the Browns. Let DJ Turner try. Uh, <laughs> hopefully none of these guys get killed. But, I mean, the Browns passing offense didn't really scare people, especially with uh, Redacted at quarterback. So maybe it does this year. Who knows? Maybe the cobwebs came off. Mm. I am a skeptic. Uh, <laughs> Mostly because I don't like the guy they have at quarterback, uh, even if he used to be good. Yeah. So I I personally, I don't care that much if Cheeto's healthy week one. I think it'd be awesome for him. I think it'd be awesome um, in terms of he made such a fast recovery. But with ACL injuries, you're usually like you're fine to play at what, nine months? It's a not, it's there is like an eight to nine month right now because ACLs are so different than they were 15, 20 years ago. I tore mine um, ooh, 11 years ago, and it is different. Uh, well, especially different when you have money. And um, I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody does the old what I had done, which was taking a third off of my patellar tendon and making that my ACL. I don't think I don't think they do that anymore. I think they have like lab-grown ACLs that they put in there. Pretty cool, pretty cool stuff. Probably not as big of a scar either. But <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. I didn't feel good the whole next year that I played and I played basketball 
um, because the ACL wouldn't, it happened in the basketball season. So I couldn't play football next year. I played basketball and it just didn't feel right. Nothing felt good. And I hated the knee sleeve. I had to wear like this knee sleeve, not a brace because that'd be weird to play basketball with, but I had to wear this knee sleeve. You know, I slid down. I hated that thing. But anyway, enough about my ACL that nobody cares about. Um, that's just my experience with it when I look at Cheeto and I think I'm not going to expect him to play at the same level, especially right away. Uh, at nine months, I don't expect the same level of play. When you looked at Geno Atkins, different, completely different body type, different position, different, doing different things, but he really wasn't the same next year. But then he got really good right after that. Sometimes it takes those guys a little bit. And I wouldn't be surprised if Cheeto starts off a little rocky. I wouldn't kill him on Twitter. I wouldn't yell about starting DJ Turner. I wouldn't yell about any of that stuff. I would be patient. And uh, I think by the end of the year, and this is true about Trey White last year, he got better as the season went on. By the end of the year in the playoffs, he could be back to normal. But I think at that nine months, 10 months, 11 months, before you get to a full year since your surgery, I'm not going to expect too, too much. So that that's where I am on Cheeto. Um, I don't know if you're anything different. Yeah. He does look awesome in like every video though, doing stuff I definitely could never do. But like, man, I just watched that and I go, he's high end for this, but NFL athletes, just crazy different, you know, <laughs> like the way they can move. There's about three things I want to hit on with Cheeto, and then we'll get to other items when it comes to the the Cincinnati Bengals players on the offense and defensive side. Number one, the same surgeon, Neil Alatrash. I'm, I'm probably butchering his last name, but the one who did Joe Burrow's ACL surgery, Andrew Whitworth from a couple of years ago, um, he is the one that performed the Cheeto surgery. Number two, I like the Bengals training staff. I've been really extremely impressed with them for the last couple of years when it comes to getting these guys ready, um, dealing with ACL injuries and just other injuries when it comes to rehab. So I, I do trust that. My, I don't know if I'm a number three or four right now, but number three, Cheeto coming back for the Cleveland game to open the season. I agree with you. The important games down the stretch, your other AFC North games, your tough battles versus the Bills, you could say the Jags and even Kansas City Chiefs, and Chiefs. then you go into January, Chief, Chiefs late in the season. Having Cheeto there is going to be absolutely unbelievable, and it's a huge deal not having Cheeto there. One of your best – we've said it before, maybe he was the best player. I know it's so easy to put DJ Reader in that category last season too, but Cheeto was amazing. Um, cornerback number one. I think it would be so cool for him to be able to – that was the game, you know, October 31st, Halloween night. It was against the Cleveland Browns. Cheeto gets injured, and seeing Cheeto last season – for the pretty much the whole entire stretch um, in November, December, January, he was on the sidelines. He was with his crutches post-surgery, before surgery, always there with the team. I mean, they had to get him a chair at one point just to kind of like, hey, stay back from everybody. Don't run into anyone. And I just thought that was really telling of, of Cheeto as a leader and what this defense means to him. And I just think it would be a really cool story to, to get him back. But obviously, one thing I think the Cincinnati Bengals have learned over the last couple of seasons, don't rush a guy back. And we're going to see a very similar thing with Lyle Collins. And I, I think we're in an agreement that Lyle is going to be on the roster. I just don't know what his impact is going to be. We've mentioned guard before. At what point, I mean, because Alex Kappa, I feel like, is their best offensive lineman. Outside of Orlando Brown, I mean, I, we'll see what Orlando Brown looks like at, at left tackle. Obviously an upgrade over Jonah. But if you were to put Lyle Collins, say Cordell Wilson was pretty much like he was his rookie year, would you give Lyle Collins a shot at guard? 
Um, honestly, I mean, if Wolves is playing the same he did last year, probably not. But if he takes a step back, then yes. I don't want to derail a guy, which when, too? Do you mean like yeah. week six? Or do you mean before a playoff game? Or No, I wouldn't do that to the playoff situation. Just because mm-hmm. I feel like it's just been absolutely a musical chairs when it comes to Joe Burrow's playoff offensive line over the last couple of years. I would say, say you're getting into week eight of the season. And and I do, I hope Cordell Wilson works out because if you can get a young guy on a rookie contract working out in the guard position because everybody knows what guards are getting paid in the NFL and the Bengals do not like to pay guards besides bringing in Alex Kappa. Uh, but that's besides the point. Overall, I want him to work out. And I do think he'll get better. I think when you have a guy like Orlando Brown over there as a leader, a mentor, hanging out with these guys um, off the field, when they're at their programs and just getting that chemistry is going to be so huge for Cordell Wilson. I'm just saying, and I don't want this to happen because I want Cordell to work out, but also I I hope Lyle isn't rushed back and he feels like the midway point of the season, maybe it's November. And they're like, you know what? Cordell's just not getting it done right now. Let's put Lyle out there right next to Orlando Brown. What, what would you think that would look like? I mean, the sheer mass would be exciting. 700 pounds between two guys. Uh, but man, I think Volson is fine. Mm-hmm. I thought he was fine yeah. for most of last year. I don't think it ended great. I don't think it started great, but there's that period in between and especially towards the end of the regular season, not the last game, but everything else. I thought he was playing at a pretty decent level. Yeah. So if he's given you that, then I'm probably not bothering uh, replacing him because it also comes with the caveat of like we discussed on our podcast, one of our first ones with Duke Mannyweather, mm-hmm. those guys take time to click together. Right. So if you already, if you just, he said six to eight weeks, if you've just now developed the chemistry between Orlando Brown and Cordell Volson, and then you switch him out and put Collins in there, I guess it should be fine by the playoffs. Yeah. But I think Collins Maybe with the way he moves at this stage in his career, guard could be better suited for him. I think it's kind of tough if he doesn't. If it's a if a guy's playing at a starting level, it's kind of tough to fit him in there because last year he didn't play at an all star level. He kind of played at that level. So you're gonna take Volson out and come with the question mark. He's played there years ago and he was awesome at left guard. Comes with the question mark, though. Can he do it again? Can he make that switch after all these injuries that have limited him at right tackle and plug him in? The reason it could work at right tackle is because he just worked with Alex Kappa. But at left guard, he has no experience with Ted Karras. He has no experience with Orlando Brown. Um, and that's true if Kappa gets injured, try to fit him into right guard. He has no experience with whoever's at right tackle. I think it'll be Jonah Williams, but maybe it's Jackson Carmen. He has no experience with Ted Karras. So, that's where I think some of the issue lies is that he doesn't have the chemistry and experience with these guys. I think when it's an injury, it makes more sense to me. Here's the scenario. I think he could take a left guard starting job is and it's unfortunate, but we'll say not a major injury, but Volson gets nicked up and he misses a game and Volson has been playing at that fine starting level. Hasn't become great. Hasn't become a, a star. He's just, He's, he's fine. He's starting. And then Collins gets in there and it looks like prime Lyle Collins. That's where I think it becomes difficult to make the switch back out. And that's where you could see him start. But if these guys are healthy, it's hard to just kind of shove him in there. I've thought about that with, if Jonah or Carmen is starting, how bad do they have to be to not lose the job before this, 
but for Collins to just get once he's ready, gets in there and plays right tackle. Because in my mind, it's probably below a starting level. That's where you probably have to be. You have to be whoever he replaces, probably the clear worst offensive lineman on the active, not the active roster, but like out of the starting five. And that's just, I don't know. It's, it's kind of tough to fit in. If he's not ready week one or week two, if he's not ready till week five, week six, mm-hmm. it's real tough to just throw him in there because a little bit of it's a sunk cost of we just, you know, these guys are finally gelling and we're just going to toss you into that. And a little bit of it is also kind of Volson's on the team long-term Collins isn't. Um, that's not true for Jonah Williams, but if Jonah Williams is playing that bad, did you try Carmen yet? Yep. Now, if that would be the other one is if Jonah Williams starts out, he's bad. You put Carmen in there. He's bad. That's prime. Lowell Collins is coming in once he's healthy. <laughs> you know, if neither one of those guys are winning that job. I hate that. Even thinking about that conversation just because yeah. it's been, if Collins is coming in, it's probably something bad. It's not like, no, oh, the offensive line was great. The team is doing great. And now we're just going to shove Collins in there. It's probably something went wrong. So it's a, in, we, we've talked to Duke about it and talk, you know, you, you have chemistry and guys have had to step up. This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Say that everybody's healthy and... With an offensive line, it's different than another position group. You can't just say, you know, the offensive line is really gelling out there, but you know what, Lyle? It's November. Let's let's switch something up because of the matchup. That doesn't work with your offensive line like it does other position groups. So we wouldn't see them say, you know what? We like the Lyle Collins matchup better versus that defensive line. So let's just switch him out for this game. That's what's so hard about it. You know, you want to have the depth with your offensive line, and I want Lyle to take his time getting back. Uh, but my my other question is with Jonah, and I, I even hate doing this because I, I feel like I'm being so negative with the offensive line right now. And I actually really believe in the offensive line. And, and you know, there were there were a lot of people down on him during regular season. I, I really do like the offensive line. Um, but say Jonah Williams is your and, – and we've not – I wouldn't – we didn't think Jonah was, was as bad as a lot of people on social media last year. But say Jonah Williams was exactly like he was last year at right tackle. Mm-hmm. Are you cool with that? But he's at right tackle now. He, so he, the fun, the fun thing about it, worst year of his career, I thought he was probably around the same level as Volson, like fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he was terrible, which I know sacks allowed. That is thrown out a lot, but I thought overall he was fine. And you can kind of look at what happened throughout the year and explain it a little bit, or maybe just create excuses, however you want to frame that. But if he's playing at the same level again, that's tough because. And Lyle's, he's your shiny new toy on the sideline. He's ready to go. It depends. That'll depend on how he looks in practice, I think. Because that is a scenario that maybe you do replace him. And personally, I think Collins and Jonah may have played at a little bit of a similar level. If not, I may have preferred Jonah 
last year. Just, I think Collins, there were some issues with the back and that's why he wasn't practicing. He really just couldn't sustain blocks. Um, but yeah, I, I think I might prefer Jonah in that case. So I would roll with Jonah, but these guys see him in practice every day. So if they see Collins and he looks better than last year, if he's moving well and they're testing him, he's sustaining these blocks. His back doesn't seem like an issue. His ankles are good. He looks fully healthy. Tough not to go with him because his last year in Dallas, even though he got injured, replaced by Terrence Steele, et cetera, man, when he was out there, I still thought he was probably a top 10 right tackle. And you're not going to get that if Jonah Williams is playing the same level he did last year. You you probably aren't getting that if Jonah Williams is playing at his peak from the from two years ago. Uh, now, if he plays better than that, yeah, you're going to get a top 10 right tackle. But that's that's where it becomes tough. And I get the idea of going with Collins. And a lot of that will come down to things we don't see. We don't see practice uh, like the coaches do. So if the coaches believe in it, I don't see a reason – to go away from it. Personally, I would just roll with the chemistry and the gelling and everything else. I think you're going to get a better offensive line than last year. I think you get a better offensive line since forever ago. But I did say that last year too, because I was excited about Lowell Collins Mm -hmm. and Jonah Williams possible ascension. And that didn't happen. So cautiously optimistic this time, rather than just optimistic, Uh, not trying to be down. I think they will be good, but we will see. So, that is kind of where I where do you, where are you on that? Like if Jonah's playing, it's disappointing. That that would be the first thing I think of. It's like it's disappointing. Just, it really is. And but is it disappointing enough to replace him? It depends the month. Give me the month. Um, I don't. <laughs> I don't think they're going to be afraid because I think Joe Burrow can be vocal, and and maybe it's behind the scenes, and they're having those conversations. And what Joe Burrow says is going to matter. And if he feels like. Mm, Let's give it another try. I do think practice is extremely important. One of the things last year, uh, Lyle Collins barely practiced. They managed his practices because of his injury. Um, And it's unfortunate because we didn't get to see Dallas Cowboys, Lyle Collins, unfortunately. So I I think the perfect scenario is Lyle Collins gets on the pup to start the season and he is ready to roll midway point of the season if you need to go to him as an option. I want Jonah to work out. I want Cordell Bolson to work out. I went Orlando. I went every single person on this offensive line. We already know. I feel like what we got, you, you, what they have in Alex Kappa and, and Ted Karras. But you know, some there's some unknowns going into the season, and um, you know, I, I feel like I was kind of a little bit negative for Cordell Wilson, and I hope you know it doesn't come across that way because I'm I want him to play well. Um, like I've said before, you're getting a rookie a, a rookie deal. I need to stop calling him a rookie because he'll be in year two it's expensive in the guard market and they have other guys they need to pay. So I want him to work out and we'll see what happens. And I, I do think it's extremely important that Orlando Brown's on his other side. So. Yeah. I think the ideal role for Lyle Collins is taking what Hakeem and energy did before the injuries mm-hmm. and playing that six, six offensive lineman, which they like to use. They love that. And Oh man. I mean him just blasting guys. Yeah. And you know, just when he gets out there, it's just, Hey, Go kill that guy. <laughs> like, that's what he does. <laughs> That'd be great. Just work down blocks, work uh, double teams, combos, all this other stuff. You don't need to work backwards past set and hold up against um, whoever yeah. out there, Nick Bosa's of the world. You can just maul, and that's what he loves to do. He loves to maul guys. So that's that's what I, I think the sixth offensive lineman, this would also mean that the offensive line is playing pretty well. So that's also why I like this scenario, is the offensive line is playing pretty well through the first six weeks, and then you're just kind of, hey, we've got a weapon now as our sixth offensive lineman. Rather than we want to do this because we like doing this, it's we want to do this 
because we're going to dominate when we do this. And I think that's what you could look at with our Lyle Collins coming back. Highest scenario in my mind, like highest potential is him as the sixth guy and just, just taking dudes out of the club. I agree with that. Then I got a little bummed because I remembered that they have to face Nick Bosa. So um, that kind of bums me out a little bit. They sure do. A lot of chips, a lot of chips coming, double teams, chips, everything ball out. Maybe he'll be a little nice because his friend Joe Burrow's on the other side. I'm just say, you know what? Take it easy on you guys. Uh, but yeah, Nick Bosa terrifies me. He's he's one of the guys, and I'd put JJ Watt and Miles Garrett into that category too. Um, JJ, I mean not JJ, TJ, TJ, TJ. Prime JJ is underrated. I think Prime JJ, JJ was Watt. Sorry, JJ um, Watt, TJ Watt. I, I do think he's terrifying. So I'll be. I'm ready to I'm ready to ready to drop a bomb. No, nobody's listening. I think Prime JJ Watt was about as good as Prime Aaron Donald. I'm gonna put it on Twitter. Okay. We'll see what the people think. I just want. I think Aaron Donald sustained it. He didn't get hurt, but like peak, peak JJ Watt. Are we forgetting? <laughs> oh, you know what makes me a little nervous? Go back to the 2011 TJ Yates. 2012. 2012. 2012. 2011. Yeah. 2013. He, he came after Andy Dalton. Didn't he just like come like as a monster and just pretty much in that playoff <laughs> game and it was over? Caught interceptions for touchdowns. Yeah, it was. People say TJ Yates won that game. It was a different J. It was JJ Watt as a rookie. And then also as a second year player, kind of won those games. Yeah. That's really depressing to think about in those playoff games. They did they had no business being there, but you know, that was, that was whatever. They should have won actually one of them, but hey, we won't go back. We're not going all the way back almost a decade over a decade ago. Uh, but we'll see. Offensive line talk will continue. No doubt about that during the summer break. And then we'll get into more pro player profiles and then we'll have our mailbag. Make sure you're following along over on Twitter. We have a YouTube version of the podcast. So that's going to be really fun for some people that have asked about video and we will have this out. And you're going to want to check that out. We'll have all the information when we tweet it out over on Twitter. You can follow Mike Bengals underscore Sands, me at LNDS Patterson. And thank you for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.